This morning's scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word. So for me, the Bible, if you don't already know by everything I've said today, is a book of symbols. It's a book that must never be taken literally. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What this means is that if you take the Bible by the letter, if you take it literally, it will kill its meaning. It will kill its purpose. If you listen for what the spirit is saying in the story, it will lead you to a meaning that gives life. Growing up, I remember a children's book uh, called Amelia Bedelia. Has anybody ever heard of that? I don't even know why I remember it, but I remember the stories. Uh, it was written by Peggy Parrish, and uh, I remember it being read to us often in class. And in the story, she would take an ordinary statement and act it out literally. For example, if she was told to change the towels in the bathroom, she would go get scissors and cut and change the towel's appearance. If she was told to dust the furniture, she would go get dust powder and throw it all over the furniture. If she was told to draw the drapes when the sun comes in, she would dr draw pictures of the drapes. When she was told to put the lights out when you finished in the living room, she took all the light bulbs out of their sockets and hung them outside on a clothesline. When she was playing baseball once, uh, she was told to steal home plate. Guess what she did? And her mother once said, can you go dress the chicken? Guess what she did? She got a little clothes and dressed the chicken. And I remember the funniest and most dangerous one is when someone told her to go play in traffic. Don't do that. If you read the Bible literally, you'll miss its whole meaning and you'll be the Christian version of Amelia Bedelia. The church education program is often a program designed to tell you who you are. This has often been the education we receive in Sunday school. But the word education comes from the Latin word educere, and it means to draw out from the pupil. When we raise our children up in the scripture, we should not use the book to tell them all the answers. We should use it, use its wisdom, to draw out the true nature of the person's self. Today, we participated in a baptism 
We used water to pour over Abram's head. And often we think that literally something has happened. But what has really happened, you know, is he able to make the decision to be a Christian today? Not yet. But what has really happened is that we are making a symbolic statement. In the news this week, I don't know if you read, the, if you read about this, there was a Catholic priest who had been practicing baptisms by saying, we baptize you in the name of Christ. The Catholic Church informed him that he was performing the right wrong. He was supposed to have been saying, I baptize you in the name of Christ. The church had to then declare that all baptisms said when the priest used the word we instead of I were null and void. For the Catholics, this means that the state of their salvation may be in question because of one word. The way Catholics and many Christians, not just them, uh, the, the way many Christians view the Bible is that it's a book meant to be taken absolutely literally when, as I'll try to explain today, it should be a book that re is read symbolically. When you come to church, we use symbols. We use rites, we use rituals in order to educate, to draw something out of you. We're asking you to use your imagination, not to squash it down by telling you what the symbol means. Our job is to enact it and activate your imagination. But when we've con been conditioned to read without our imagination, we must revisit this. If, we, if we've been doing that, we're gonna have to start over because we've been conditioned to do that. In this sermon series, I want us to imagine what the symbols represent here in the church. Did you know you're in a giant symbol right now? We're in a church that has symbolic images all around you. Behind me is the cross. In front of me is a pulpit. Did you know why this state, this isn't a stage, it's lifted to represent something, an altar. On the altar is the baptismal, that's where we put it. There's also a table that we use for communion. We have big windows with natural light coming in. We have an organ up there used to play a music. Are we the only church who has these things? All the churches use these symbols. We have deacons that help with the service. You are all seated here as an assembly. Even that is a symbol. All of these elements are symbolically represent, representing something that reaches beyond the literal and moves us into the spiritual. If we have eyes to see it, then guess what? You'll see it. Then church becomes, wow. When you hear it, you go, wow. Because it speaks something deep to, speaks to something deep within us, into our souls. You know, when I meditate, when I pray, when you pray, what do you do? You close your eyes. And you enter into the world of the unseen. When I do this, I enter into an inner church, an inner sanctuary, one that King David spoke about in the Psalms. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, 
and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Was he going to sit in the temple every single day? No, he's saying, when I close my eyes, I go to the temple to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire what's happening in that sacred space. And Jesus clarifies where this temple is in John chapter 4. He tells the Samaritan woman, if you want to enter into that temple, you don't need to go on mountains, and you don't need to go to Jerusalem, into the temple. You just have to enter into the inner world of the spirit and truth. Today we begin our journey through the physical symbols where we will imagine what they mean to us today. If they mean something to us, they're useful for educating us for drawing out what is within us. If we just come to church to hear me preach, sometimes that's the best meditation for people because they close their eyes and take a nap. (laughs) But if you're just hearing, if you're listening for the spiritual side of things, you're gonna hear something today. Today's passage that Carol read for us shows us the symbolism that baptism represents. You know, it talked about Moses and Jesus' baptism. That's a long time apart. (laughs) Did they even have baptism in the time of Moses? Paul points us back to the ancient days of Israel, to the time when they were slaves in Egypt. Carol read for, uh, for us today from 1 Corinthians where Paul wrote them and said this, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. Listen to this. This is important. And all passed through the sea. You know what sea he's talking about, right? The Red Sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food and all ate the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Back in the days of Moses, they would have never understood Paul's link between Moses taking the people through the Red Sea as being baptized in Christ. How could they? Jesus wasn't even around yet. Nor would any rabbi or Jewish theologian state that this is what happened when the Israelites crossed through the Red Sea which actually, when translated correctly from its Hebrew, is Yom Suf. And its correct reading is Reed Sea. Two E's. Remember that, that it's actually Reed Sea, not Red Sea. Because even this story is a symbolic one. Maybe we were never taught this. That's what seminary is for. Because even the story is a symbolic one, it's not a literal event. When's the last time you saw the sea open up and you walked right through it? But if one understood Hebrew, they would catch the riddle, the symbolism. They would see past the literal story and see the figurative story. Watch this. Do you remember how Moses' life began? When he was born, Pharaoh issued an edict 
that all the Hebrew males under the age of two were to be killed. The Egyptians were afraid that the Hebrew males were outnumbering the Egyptian males. So his mother, Moses' mother, not knowing what to do, placed the baby Moses in a basket and hid him in a river, it says this, among the reeds, where she had no idea where he would end up. She placed him in the water, and he was drawn out by Pharaoh's wife, where he ended up being raised by Israel's oppressor. The baby placed among the reeds eventually leads his people through the reeds into their freedom. Do you see the play on words? It's a symbolic story of how one finds themselves in this world of uncertainty. Remember how Genesis starts? With chaotic waters, tohu wahavu, it's called. They're placed, life starts with us being placed in the chaotic waters of this life. And somebody must find their own way out. And in doing so, one discovers who they truly are. You see this type of story in movies and shows, in Harry Potter, in The Lion King, Moana, Star Wars. I always have to mention Star Wars. Back then, the Bible told the stories we see played out over and over in our favorite hero's tales. The story of Jesus teaches us this too. All of Jesus' life, he was told that he was the son of Joseph. He was led into the family business of being a person who worked with his hands. He was a third-class citizen in his own country that was ruled by the elite and powerful. Jesus had to find his own way, and the act of baptism became a symbolic turning point for him. As he was born again with a new father and a new mother, God and the Holy Spirit that landed on him as he came out of the river when John baptized him. Jesus then would lead people into the same act by instituting baptism, a symbolic ritual that was an enactment of what it means to find your own way in this world that tries to push you into a role, a vocation, a path. Baptism represents a person who lives in the chaotic waters of this world and invites you to walk above it like Jesus did and through it like Moses did. In that experience, you find your own way. And this is how Paul connects the baptism of Moses, his journey through the water, to the baptism of Jesus and how he reminds the church that baptism is a ritual of individuation. And that is the aim of our lives, to discover who we are by going on our own journey. The Moses and Christ story are symbolic tales that speak to what the soul must go through in this life. That one day, you are to leave your mother and your father and find out who you are. There's a character in the Bible who was told just that. His name was Abram. <laughs> Moses left his mother and his father. Christ left his mother and his father. I have left my mother and my father 
And little Abram will have to do this too. When the time comes, he will have to die to the childlike stage of his life to become his own man, where he'll be born again into a new stage of life. Of course, we can do this without being marked by the water of baptism, but today we mark the date where we, as a community, acknowledge to raise him together. We will give him all the tools needed for his great quest. Thankfully, he lives in a kinder world than Moses and Jesus. But the many challenges of life will come to him. When that time comes, he will have to rise up just as Moses rose up those sea walls and just as Jesus rose above the river when he was baptized. In my inner sanctuary within, I have placed there a spiritual baptism. It reminds me of the commitment to be like Christ. It reminds me of the chaotic waters I came from. It reminds me that I was born to find my own way. It reminds me that life may try to pull me under. And Moses' story tells me that I can walk through it and Jesus tells me I can rise above it. Today, we are again reminded of the baptism's symbolic power to educate us on why we're all here. It can draw out from our souls the story of where we came from and to where we will return. It is the day one is given the Christ quest, and we commit to preparing a child for the journey ahead. Amen. Amen.